Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend time catching up, we share something we've loved recently that we think you will enjoy too, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to the things that are going on, and that a lot of people might be thinking about, but you might not be having the conversations about. If you enjoy this episode, please do be sure to hit subscribe, and we'll be back every single week on a Wednesday with a brand new episode, but not next week, because we are going to take a couple of... Yes, that is my cat having a lot of opinions on the fact we're taking a two-week break for Christmas. Honestly, I'm sat here and there is a rooster and a dog. I'm sorry if you can hear the rooster at sunrise and I'm in the Philippines. I mean, it is one of the more chaotic recordings we've ever done. Well, we're going (laughs) to throw some more chaos into it because I feel like we normally start by being like, how are you doing? We've got um, a couple of updates. (laughs) Helly, tell me about your week. Um, some very exciting updates. Um, the update for me is that Taylor and I are engaged. We got engaged in Japan last week. Honestly, the best news ever. Um, did I go running out of the office screaming when I realised why Helly was FaceTiming me at 8.30 on a Wednesday morning? You bet believe I did. <laughs> I was honestly so impressed. I called everyone and I was like, God, I don't know who's going to pick up because it's like the start of the work day in like UK time. And um, I was so impressed that basically everyone picked up. Um, it was very exciting. Yeah, I still can't, still can't believe it. It was, yeah, it wasn't a huge shock. I knew it was coming at some point, but I didn't know it would be coming at minus eight in the snow in Japan. Just so beautiful. Like, yes, Lulu, it was beautiful, wasn't it? <laughs> She's We're very the third person who to host the podcast now, basically, and that is Lulu. Yeah, she's basically the um, recurring guest every week. She's just got a lot to say. She's very excited about yeah. being engaged, as am I. And I'm sure, as are most people listening. Yeah, it's very exciting. Still can't believe it. Um, although Taylor did get down on one knee and I was so shocked and started crying that he forgot to actually <laughs> ask the question. I was like, I can't say yes until you ask me. <laughs> I just love that he forgot, bless him. <laughs> so in the moment you don't really get a chance to practice this kind of stuff so um yeah I feel like it's quite an overwhelming thing to do like I'm forever grateful that I'm not the one who had to propose yeah well uh speaking of what is what is your update Charlotte (laughs) I'm engaged (laughs) literally not only did I never think that we would be announcing engagements on the podcast I also never thought we would both be announcing our engagements on the podcast in the same episode. No, the, the boys, same week. The boys did not plan this in any way, shape, or form. It is just the way that life happened. Um, and equally, it wasn't the most shocking thing in the world because we've been together a long time. Like it's not. It wasn't like we'd never discussed marriage, but I was very surprised. Um, I also cried and I also laughed. I like got the nervous giggles. You know that bit in Friends where Rachel and Ross kiss for the first time and Rachel gets the giggles? That was me. Oh my God, yes. Um, That was me. Um, But it was wonderful and it was in the most gorgeous bit of woodland and it was private and it was it was just perfect. Um, So now we're, we're, we're both fiancés. Which is such a weird thing to say and I had to fill out <laughs> Sorry, that application like... this week. Jesus, this episode is like, if this is the first episode you're ever listening to it for podcast, 
it's not normally this we're sorry like, the cat has got full zoomies and she's just bit an Alex who's sitting next to me <laughs> oh my god we've got roosters we've got a double engagement announcement like this is peak end of year chaos but we did want to do an episode today this week to round off the year because you know 2023 has been a hell of a year um for a start, Lulu made an appearance in 2023. Like, we didn't have her at the start of the year, our producer slash co-host. Um, so <laughs> it's just been a hell of a year. But before we get into this week's topic, do you want to share what your recommendation is? Um, your final recommendation of the year? My recommendation, I don't think I was planning for it to be my final recommendation. Otherwise, I maybe would have picked something more impactful. But here we are. Um, <laughs> although... I do think it is a really interesting topic because it's one that we've spoken about loads and it's called the friendship problem. It's actually on Substack. Um, I don't usually use Substack, but a friend linked it and titled the friendship problem, why friendships will start to feel strikingly similar to admin. And this, like she starts by saying, this sounds like an attack on my friendships and it's not at all. It's a very, I guess you would say it's a very millennial take on the era that we have grown up in and the stage that a lot of us are at in our lives right now in our 30s where it's not so much the circumstances she addresses that it's not just the circumstances of maybe having babies or getting married or moving for jobs but also like just how busy our lives are that we have to schedule it around travel and weddings and work commitments so you schedule out meeting like meetups with friends weeks in advance and things still change or cancel and the main, the key point of this article is that she's saying social media is actually like the biggest culprit of why our friendships are starting to feel like admin because it's become the easiest way to communicate with our hectic lives. But then we've lost the social skills. To use as the example of our parents who probably grew up playing in the street with like the local kids in the neighborhood mm. and how our generation just didn't do that. And I was like, God, yeah. I mean, I know some people did. I definitely didn't. And but it's saying that like we, lo- we lose our social skills and the spontaneity of kind of casual meetups with friends because we don't have that same kids played in the street experience that our parents or grandparents had. And then that combined with like prices of how they are and everyone living outside a city. So you basically have to commute to see your friends. It makes those friendships feel more like you are attending a job than something that's to be enjoyed. And she quotes Esther Perel a lot in it, but basically saying, how modern loneliness masks itself as hyperconnectivity, Ooh, and I like that. Yeah, it is. It is a really, really fascinating read. And she's someone who moved out of London. I think she's two kids now, so it's not like I resonated with so much, despite the fact that her life is. I'm I'm a similar age to her, but she like is obviously at a slightly different stage in terms of where she's at with with kids and owning a house and stuff like that, and um. I just, I just think it's so pertinent to the experience a lot of us have with cost of living crisis, with how we live, how we commute, and how we communicate. Um, it's honestly a really fascinating read, and she doesn't like necessarily give any solutions, but I think she looks at a way to remove like the admin kind of idea from friendship she's like we need to look going back to those casual Sunday meetups where you call someone and they just pop around for a cup of coffee that kind of thing um really interesting I'm going to give it a read like my first couple of thoughts when you said about that is I'm not 
I definitely agree with parts of that. And obviously I need to give it a read. The whole thing of like this playing in the street friendships and social media, I almost think that actually the reason that for me anyway, and I don't know how many people would agree with social media, it's not that I'm more connected with my friends, but it's almost that I assume they're busy. So like, I, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I almost assume like my friends have got other plans. They've got something cool to do. And because I always see things, I'm just going to ignore my cat. I really am sorry. And I'm going to have to ask you guys to do the same thing. Um, she just is very chatty at this time of night. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. I assume my friends are really busy because on social media, they're sharing a lot. They're talking a lot. So I almost don't think to text like local friends and go, hi, do you want to come out for a coffee on a Saturday afternoon? Or should we go to the cinema tonight? Because I just assume people are going to be busy and that's definitely a fault on me um but I think that's really interesting because it goes back to that thing of when you're hyper connected you're not really connected because you're not in touch with like the most important elements of it um and I also think that whole friends living further away thing is such a factor I also think with aging makes it sound like I'm a grandmother Mm -hmm. but as I've got older I'm more content with my own time but I also have less energy and less of a desire to put in excessive effort to see people and what I mean by excessive effort is like there's a time when I would have got a bus a train I would have driven I would have done so much to go see my friends and I don't care about them any less now I just also can identify the fact that that is a huge like energy drain it's a lot to do and it really does contribute to that burnout piece when more quick to say no I think um yeah well she addresses the burnout thing as well saying like basically so much of us are experiencing burnout in our jobs and how much we're expected to do in our lives that the social media side of it becomes easier because it's less fiction like it's less complicated to have to travel to see someone or make plans weeks in advance or arrange childcare so you can see one like all of these things social media is less friction so it feels easier but then we lose some of those social skills that we might have had before um yeah it's it's a it's a fairly long read but I think it's really worth it obviously we'll leave it linked if you want to check it out what is your recommendation I have well it's a person and a TikTok account but mainly a TikTok account that's how I found her um her name is Emily English she is a nutritionist on TikTok she is M the nutritionist And we have completely, I say we because it's both me and Alex, have become totally obsessed with her recipes and her approach to health and nutrition. She's a fully qualified nutritionist who um, previously suffered with an eating disorder. So she's kind of really worked hard to readdress the relationship she has with food, nutrition in her body. Her recipes are very varied. Like she does meat, she does fish, she does dairy, she does vegan. Um but they're all very straightforward. They are packed full of like lots of different nutrients. There's always fun ways to kind of get different vegetables and fruits in there, but they're also straightforward. Like she has a one pan burrito meal, obsessed. We make that all the time. She's got a Thai green curry that I really want to try. A couple of breakfast um, options. And even when she's cooking with meat and fish and stuff like that, that we don't eat, really straightforward how to substitute it. Like it's not... I don't know. I can't think of a good example, but it's not like their ingredients where you'd go, okay, I can't make that because I don't eat that thing. Um, 
a lot of the recipes as well are like, like I said, they're really balanced, but they are very nutritious. And I think, I know it's a cliche to say going into January, healthy eating, but I think a lot of us reach that point in the winter where I don't know about you, everyone I know has been sick in the past couple of weeks, but you kind of feel a bit run down. You feel tired. You, as much as I love the quality street, um, roast potato, hot chocolate, red wine fueled slumber, I will be in pretty much from here on out. Um, I think we all agree there's that point where you kind of crave vegetables. Her meals are just a really easy way to do that. Um, and I would really recommend giving her a follow. She's also just, she just seems like a lovely person and it does make a difference. You love those, just easy to follow. So many great TikTok and Instagram recipe accounts that just make it so easy. So I'm definitely, definitely going to going to check out her stuff because yeah. yeah I think you hit a certain point especially this time of year where the beige food is just not what you're craving anymore yeah you kind of go actually I need I just need something else I just need some nutrition but especially that um one pound burrito that has been a godsend that for us it's like um you can't like you can cook the rice from scratch but you can also use like a ready rice it's super super quick if you're in the week chuck in your protein of choice peppers onions bit of avocado bit of like sour cream yogurt or cottage cheese bit of cheddar cheese put it in the pan done in like 10-15 minutes brilliant sounds spectacular okay definitely gonna have that have to give that a go when we get back you will love it shall we chat about our topic for this week it's a little bit different um we thought given that it is the end of the year when we're recording we're kind of heading into the new year we normally do like to chat about goal setting and all of like habits and all of those sorts of things. We thought this time we'd take a slightly different approach and share five things each that have changed our lives. The habits we've adopted and worked into our routine over the past couple of years that have made the biggest difference that are easy for you to adopt too. We both love those incremental changes. We're big James Clear fans. If you've not read Atomic Habits, add it to your list for that Christmas break because it's all about that 1% more that you can do. I feel like mine definitely a lot of them lean into that mindset I don't know if yours do too yeah I think so it's more about building up on those foundational things that on their own you might not feel like they make a difference but they make a huge difference like that compound interest kind of idea yes. over time but also and I've noticed this because it has been obviously a difficult end to the year for both of us and I don't know if you've noticed this too but as I've let those habits slip, I've realized how much they were doing for me when yeah. I was doing them properly. 100%. I So we haven't actually discussed these before we've recorded. I think we're probably going to have a couple that are the same. Do you want to start with your first one? Yes. So my first one, and this one maybe is the same, but actually using affirmations and doing them every single day. Again, I didn't realize the impact of these until I stopped. And I think it is so true that this incremental effects of affirmations and journaling has been really, really like mindset yeah. changing for me. And I think I've not really done them properly since, well, since we had to fly back to Florida. Um, but I do see a difference in changes in self-esteem and kind of self-doubt and catastrophizing in the last couple of months since I've not been doing them as regularly and I just think having that space I was doing it every single morning and it took me kind of five minutes with a coffee and then sit down and have a journal before I did anything else 
And I think having that quiet space to myself each morning just fundamentally, I want to be dramatic, but like changed my life and how I looked at myself in like 2022 to 2023. I feel like my first one is the perfect kind of sister habit to that because I definitely need to pick up affirmations next year. But the thing that has really made a difference to us is, and I say us again because I've got um, Alex into it as well now, nightly gratitude like before the last thing before we go to bed we say three things we're grateful for often we will list more than three but we literally just say aloud three things we're grateful for whether that's each other it can be as straightforward as like we're healthy um it can be really specific uh-huh. to that day like I made the train someone held the train door for me um whatever it is it's just even when you've had a bit of a crappy day it reframes it and there's something about even having that tiny little change and that little bit more positivity is your final thought of the day or final like proper thought of the day. I'm the type of person who has a whirring mind as they go to sleep. Um, but it it has made such a difference. And it's just nice. Like it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, I was doing, well, I've been doing gratitude every morning. I think I need to implement it in the evening just to, yeah, have that last bit of positivity before yeah. going to sleep. Because like you, the worry brain kicks in yeah it's just nice to have it's just nice to have something else right what's your second one you've got my second one is oh my god I'm sorry if you can hear the dog barking he's <laughs> losing smiling because it's, we, it's love breakfast the time. we love the kale <laughs> um my second one is doing 10,000 steps every day which I've been doing for 18 months oh my now. god honestly and- this is like the one I want to adopt from your list because I have never known anyone as dedicated to anything as you and Taylor are to your daily step counts. I mean, it is a bit obsessive, if I'm really honest. Um, (laughs) But I would say having done it every day for that long, it has been, it started off as a way for us to keep moving when we couldn't always regularly go to the gym. Obviously, we're traveling a lot and it doesn't always mean we have access to a gym. So we were like, bare minimum, we are doing 10,000 steps a day. Like, it doesn't mean you have to do that to stay fit. Other people have really active jobs. Other people go to the gym, do a home workout. Like you do what's right for you. For us, doing 10,000 steps a day was easy because I think we actually started. When did we start? Oh, no, it wasn't in the pandemic. It was after. I think the pan- walking in the pandemic, we really enjoyed it in terms of just walking together. We don't have phones. We just speak to each other. And now it's become more of like a wellness thing as well. So it's the time we get up from the desk, we take a break, we don't use our phones. We, we kind of just put the world to, right, world to rights and mm-hmm. talk about everything that's going on in our lives. And I think for it's not just like a well-being thing now, but also something that's really good for our, our relationships. And I, I, don't think that, I don't think that we will stop anytime soon just because I think it is so beneficial for us in a lot of different ways. So pretty much been the only constant thing for the last 18 months I stay for me but my god have you made it consistent mine is a bit of a health related one as well and it's drinking a pint of water every morning when I wake up I have it yeah. so what I do is I leave it by my bed that is like the most crucial part of this if it is not in front of my eyes when I wake up there will mm-hmm. be a reason I don't do it I tend, if especially if I need to get up in the morning, I do have the pint of water next to my bed. I drink it before I even get out of bed. Then I often need to go for a wee, so it forces me out of bed. Um, there's a little bit of habit stacking for you. Every morning, start up with a pint of water. 
twofold. One, you're going to wake up a bit dehydrated because you've been asleep for a long time. Two, I find if I do do that, I am more hydrated for the rest of the day. Like I've almost like got into that habit of drinking water. It's never going to make you feel worse. Um, and it does make it feel so much better. Recently, I've been putting my free cell greens in it as well. Um, but it is just a great, great thing to do. And obviously, if you're someone who does like do intermittent fasting as well, a really great way to start your day that won't break your fast. That's actually why I started doing water in the morning for intermittent fasting. But even though I don't really stick to that anymore, it um, the drinking water is still stuck. So I, I definitely agree with that one. My other one that's kind of related to that, like in another mindset one, health one, changing how I think about food or like how I think about my meals. So I would always very much be like my carb first. And there's definitely nothing wrong with carbs. I'm not about to sit here and demonize carbs. That's like a debate for a different time. But personally, as soon as I started understanding more about like my body, my nutrition, I realized I do not eat enough protein. Like not even for like my basic macros as a human being, do I eat enough protein? Um, I was shocked at how little protein I have in my diet. And I didn't want to be like that stereotypical veggie person who doesn't have protein. But annoyingly, I was um, (laughs) a bad vegetarian. So as soon as I like the habit became protein first. So if I'm like, what do I want for breakfast? Like I almost mentally in my head go protein, then like vegetables and fruit and veg and then carb. And it just means that I'm definitely getting like the nutrients I need quicker because I'm not having, I'm almost not filling myself up on a carb and then not eating the protein and the veg. I'm like getting the highest dense nutrients first and then eating a carb. And just like trying to remind myself of that tiny habit change is definitely helped me make healthier choices because I think it means my meals are more balanced yeah that's actually one I'd forgotten to put on this list but yeah learning what order to eat my foods in because I don't think I've met maybe I've recommended her but uh Jessie from the glucose goddess and basically her talking about like what order to eat your food in so you don't give yourself glucose spikes and um I mean we don't have diabetes in our family also you don't need it in your family to get diabetes later in life and she talks a lot about how having constant glucose spikes from having like carbohydrates first can have an impact and yeah that's definitely it's actually a really good one that I'd kind of forgotten about um but related to it I think I another habit that I've really got into is taking vitamins and supplements because I think I had a bit of a judgy attitude towards them before yeah I definitely did now I kind of understand my body a lot more and also understanding how like the female body works from like a cycle perspective as well um understanding a bit more about that this year and what supplements I actually need and can be beneficial because that's the whole point they're supplementing your diet they're not replacing anything they're not instead of anything they are yeah something that should assist with you having a healthy lifestyle um so I am the person who is using my luggage allowance to lug around a ridiculous number of supplements but (laughs) here we are forcing Taylor and I to take them every single morning and evening but hey that's that's the habit right and I think that's the thing like because I I didn't put that on my list but I think it's one for me as well but like understand like taking the time to research it like you go on TikTok you say supplements it will tell you you need every supplement under the sun ones that like they'll cost a fortune they'll be water soluble so your body won't even absorb them properly and I think I kind of initially was like oh my god I need all the supplements spoke to Alex obviously with his doctor how and he was like right why do you think this 
And then we kind of went through what I could actually benefit from. And I did my research and I'm like, oh yeah, I do feel better when I have uh, vitamin D because actually in the UK, you'll recommend, like the government recommends you have it. And oh, I do have B12, not just because I'm veggie and plant-based and stuff, but because the soil quality in the UK is pretty crap some of the time. Like there's, once you understand like the why, I think it's it's not as overwhelming and it doesn't feel like you're just being bombarded with marketing because you mm-hmm. know it is meant to be doing yeah yeah I definitely agree with that and also related to I guess morning habits as well but getting and this has been easier for me in the last two years because of where I've been living but getting sunlight first thing in the morning I having lived and grown up in the UK most of my life related to what you just said I have seen a profound difference by having sunlight pretty much every morning for the past what since we moved to Croatia so that's mad almost two years and I, I can see I mean like right now it's 6 30 I'm sitting outside I'm looking at a sunrise I'm like the difference that it makes to me waking up in the morning and actually not feeling groggy I, I don't know who knew it all of our, uh, our ancestors knew what the circadian rhythm was before yeah even... yeah well what a I revelation need- I need to sit in front of my little sad light more because it. I do feel on the days I do it, I feel better. So yeah. the other thing I yeah. started doing, I mean, I've always done it to some extent. I would say I've been doing it probably since I was like at school and we first got rid of our school uniform, but I've really like got it down to an art, not an art, but like a routine this year is planning my outfits at the start of the week. So on a Sunday night, I plan my outfits for the whole week. I use an app called Wearing, W-H-E-R-I-N-G which I definitely spoke about on the podcast before. It is brilliant. Yes, it takes a bit of time to set up and input all of your items. The way I do it is use their database for all the basics. And then I just search on websites for my actual items. Screenshot it, upload the image or remove the background. It does it for you. I don't mess around taking photos of my clothes. I don't have time for it. And also I know it would really upset me if each image was slightly different and a slightly different layout because I couldn't shoot them all consistently like they're in a studio. I love this. I mean, if you want to, you can use it to use the AI to generate outfits. I don't do that. I just create my own outfits, but I love that you can like pin it into different lookbooks. So like winter office wears. I have one that's like my go-to outfit. So if I don't know what to wear, here are seven outfits that I know are work appropriate, comfortable. I always feel good in them. And that's like what I lean on. And then I will always plan my work, like my office day outfits. And then ideally my weekend outfits and then my work from home outfits. I know that saying I plan my outfits, a lot of people are like, oh my God, that's so intense. Um, And David Beckham got a bit of flack about this when he said it in his Beckham documentary. And I'm baffled because for a start, if you enjoy fashion, it's a way to indulge your hobby and your creativity. But mainly... It removes decision fatigue. When you wake up in the morning, you don't have to make those decisions. You know your clothes are clean. You know where they are. They're ironed. They're prepped. You're not looking for an extra sock or where that black T-shirt is. It goes well under that jumper because you don't want to wear that jumper with this. It's sorted. It's ready. You wake up and in the morning, it is so much easier to just get ready, get up, get out the door. Um, And a couple of weeks back I kind of just fell off the wagon of doing it and I thought god you know what that's why my mornings have become more chaotic and I really really Uh, believe that how you have your morning like that especially that first hour of your day will set up the rest of your day you're not always going to be able to avoid all the chaos some days you're gonna have to run for the train because you got stuck in traffic or whatever but 
that is just one of those things you can control makes a huge difference. I love that wearing app. I don't use it now, but when I have my full full wardrobe at home, um, I find it so useful. And I don't, I don't think I've ever planned out my full week of outfits, but I do always try and plan it the night before, and it does just make your morning flow so much yeah. better I when mean, you do it. I also use it when I travel. So, like this week, well, at the end of this week, we're going home for Christmas. We'll be home for like six or seven days. And I've just used it to plan out like a mini capture wardrobe to take with me. So I'm not overpacking. I know why I need to get washed ahead of time. And it's just one less thing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, well, I, I guess ideal mornings, my other big habit, this is very specific to me, but mine is writing. And I try and do it. But I see such a specific difference in my demeanor, my outlook when I give myself time to write. But ideally, I will write for an hour to two hours if I've done like affirmations in the morning. Obviously, that's not always possible. That's in an ideal world when I've got a stable routine. But even if I can do like half an hour, it could be blog, it could be me journaling, it could just be like me writing down some notes in my like SANA task board or whatever it might be. But I just feel like getting my thoughts down on paper that like, I just love it so much I do it for work and I still love to do it personally as well and I, I don't know that's just always a really really big part of my day and I feel so much better if I can do that in the morning and it's strange because I crave it when I've not done it for maybe a couple of days like we've had a couple of travel days or a couple of really busy days seeing family and I've not been able to sit down and write I miss it so so much. It is unbelievable. So is it um, more like so, a journaling practice journaling practice for you, sorry? Or is it kind of that thing of it might be a blog post that like you've just been inspired by or like you I don't know, like the view, like so Helly sent me a photo of the view of where she's recording before she started recording. It is incredible. Like you sit down and you go, I'm really inspired to actually write a post about like this place I re- recently traveled to. Is is usually what what I'm yeah what I'm feeling inspired by what's on my mind what I'm feeling really excited to write so it could be just me getting my thoughts down on paper about I don't know something that I want to do in my business it could be that we went somewhere really cool last week and I want to write an article about it it's never one specific thing but it is always something that I'm I'm super excited like it could be 2,000 words into it and I'm like oh my god I'm so excited about this it's, that's amazing yeah all right god I hope I, I don't that. lose that here I am at 30 I've always enjoyed doing it. So it needs, it's this year I finally realized it needed to be more of a habit rather than just something that I'm like, yeah, I really enjoy doing that. If you enjoy something, make it more of a habit in your life. Yeah, that is a good, yeah, that's a good point. I think I need to incorporate something more like that into my daily routines. There is an opening for that for 2024. Um, My final one is one, I would say probably the one that's had the most profound impact. Sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? Um, and I know is it Mel Robbins who talks about this on her podcast but there's a lot of iterations of it Jacqueline Hurst talks about it a lot Um, there's a lot of people who talk about the let them mindset adopt the let them mindset get into the habit of kind of saying to yourself so what just let them believe that like let them believe that version of the story as a chronic pathological people pleaser I find that um, 
I've always really, really struggled with this. I've always worried about what people think, what people might be saying, what people might think about the people around me as a result of what I've done or said. Do you know what? It doesn't really matter. In fact, it doesn't matter at all. And you can't control it. I just think if you are not acting maliciously and if you are not trying to, you know, hurt people or actively just being a dick or being behaving in a way that's your sole reason to like disrupt, but not in like a questioning way, but like in a way that is very antagonistic, you cannot worry constantly about what other people are thinking about you, how they're perceiving you, all of those things. And what I've been really trying to do over the past kind of 18 to 24 months is when I get those thoughts in my head saying, let them, just let them, let them, let that person have that opinion of you. Let them think you're trying too hard. Let them think you're a bit cringy. Let them think that you're mean. Let them let them think that you're the villain in their story. Because so long as like you know you're a good person and you've got people around you who love you, you're okay. Like if you have no one in your life who you can call a friend, who you can call a confidence, someone who cares about you, who you have that really positive relationship with, then yes maybe you need to reevaluate some things. However, that re- that is rare, I would say. And mm-hmm. the rest of the time you're spending trying to worry about what others think, I just think you end up shrinking yourself. And I've definitely found I do that. And actually, if that person like wants to make me the villain in their story, that is so fine. If they want to cast judgment on me or say nasty things about me, it goes back to what we always say, isn't it? Like, you're never bitching about someone when you're happy with your life. Yeah. And yeah. it is exactly that. Like if they want to say those things, I can't control it. I can't stop them. I could run down the street after them being like, oh, but do you like me? Do you actually think that? And they go, yeah, yeah, no, we do like you. And then them turn their back and go, oh, God, we hate her. I cannot control it. And so you've kind of got to let it be to an extent. Um, That's very waffly. Mm-hmm. However, I think you get the point. <laughs> that makes it makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. And I definitely I can't put my finger on what it is. That that thought process has played in some stuff for me this year, but I also feel like a massive part of it has been I guess the idea of is it my problem or their problem has mm. helped me be a more, I guess, patient person and also slow down like sorry about the dog. It slowed down my like two quick re- responses. If I think someone's offended me, done something wrong, annoyed me, I'm like I can't control their doing. I just trying to be more deliberate and intentional about what I am doing, and let them let them do what they want to do. Let that person or those people or whatever it is do what feels right for them. It doesn't have to be right for me. And being more comfortable with that rather than feeling like I have to agree with everyone I, I definitely think that there's something there that's shifted for me in the past yeah probably year to year and a half that whole compassion and patience thing is so interesting because actually you're right as soon as I was more like let the what will be like you can't control what people think and also it's not you don't have a right to control what people think um I think it made me kind of take a bit of a step back and Mm -hmm. kind of evaluate if someone's judging me that's their own shit just like if I'm judging someone that's my problem and questioning that a bit and then 
going actually like if that person is sitting there I don't know watching I don't know a piece of content I've created online and making fun of it or laughing or mocking that says so much more about them like you know the yeah daring greatly speech it's at the start of Brené Brown's book daring greatly um yeah if you have never read it I know it's very popular it's mildly cliche I would really recommend giving it a read because it is brilliant and one of the parts in it is saying like it's I can't remember the exact quote and I'm very much paraphrasing FDR here but it basically is like it's not the critic who counts it's the person who's in the ring in the fight showing up and I just think especially as we head into a new year there's something about that mindset that is so powerful not to be arrogant not to be disconnected with the world not to be kind of absorbed in your own privilege but kind of just give yourself that distance to know the world doesn't revolve around you yeah yeah I totally agree yeah and there's still it's an ongoing like piece of work right you've got to you've got to continue to have that outlook every time something feels uncomfortable every time you feel upset by something that someone says or you feel like you're being judged but again it goes back to that the the foundation of having good habits doesn't it if it's something that you can constantly work on it will feel easier the more you do it oh completely agree um I feel like it's a nice place to wrap it up for this episode for this year what a bloody year it has been um, I think it's safe to say neither of us expected the ending like this, but we want to say thank you to all of you for listening all year long, getting in touch with us, writing your emails, sending us comments. It, it honestly means the world. It still blows our minds that um, you guys listen to us. So thank you for taking part in that. And thank you. Have, well, every time of year you're listening to this, but particularly if it is at the end of the year, I hope you have the most magical Christmas holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Um, and your new year gets off to a brilliant start. We'll be back on... 4th of January she says no 3rd of January something like that we'll be back early Jan something like that we'll have plenty of new episodes please do get in touch if you do if there's anything you want us to um cover and we will but in the meantime happy holidays and a happy new year happy new year see you in the new year Bye. bye